for tuning into the short thing today it is may 16th warren and ryan here with you we will obviously talk about the game sevens that happened in the sports world over the weekend i think there were seven of them so we'll talk about those and the pga championship is this week up in tulsa southern hills so we do for all the majors we've got picks for the golf coming up this week you can check us out on spotify apple podcast and the iHeartRadio app under the podcast section. Ryan, how it's uh, it's uh, have you been on Twitter this morning? That should be my that's my first question. Uh, you know, I've I've perused a bit. I've been uh, you know, a little scroll here and there. But you know, as you know, Warren, we are working, so that's been my primary focus is <laughs> the job at hand and making sure that I'm staying on top of what I need to as far as my work goes. Well, you we we use Twitter for work. True, and that's and I'm only using it for that at this point right now, making sure uh, everyone's minding their P's and Q's out in Austin. All right, <laughs> um, but uh, what uh, this is? Uh, hey, you could look at it. I'm gonna look at it. Glass half full. Uh, child number two. What? A couple weeks away. You don't have to deal with the uh, having to worry about the finals. <laughs> You know, that is glass half full. That's not that's not a bad way to put it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, straight up, it was it was an ass kicking. It was just a good old fashioned, a good old fashioned CP3 disappearing when the, when it matters most. I mean, Booker did nothing to help. Literally zero. And nobody nobody could do anything. I mean, it was it was just flat out. Nobody could do anything for the Suns. Um, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie was finally hitting threes the way they knew he could uh, with Luca on the court. Luca obviously was lighting it up. Uh, it was just, you know, it was a barrage from all angles. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. I, mean, I, I think in the first quarter, I I literally was like, this game is this game is over. This game is there's no way the Suns win this game. Uh, and lo and behold, I was right. I turned it off in the third quarter. I flipped over to the uh, Penguins Rangers game. Watched uh, the end of that game. But then we we flipped over to some Ozark. Then I came back for the third period of the Stars and uh, and Calgary. Uh, but I mean, early, early into the game, like, you know, you know, you, anybody that watches their team, you know, when a game is out of hand or when they just got nothing to give. And I could tell early on that things were just not going the sun's way. Any kind of 50, 50 ball was going towards the, you know, the Mavericks were getting. So it was one of those things where, uh, you know, uh, the fortune all favored the Mavs in, in every case. And they were just, you know, hitting shots, um, and it could have been even worse. I mean, there, there was a ton of shots that the, that the Mavs were missing that I feel like they could have had. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. I said last season after the finals that that was the Suns' best shot to go to, to you know, to win a championship game. They uh, or to win a championship, I should say. And they come back and they're the best team in the NBA and, uh, you know, kind of make me look a little silly there. But then here we are going into uh, Western Conference finals and they're not there. So, uh, you know, maybe Ryan was right after all. I mean, they were the favorite the whole year to win the title. So, I mean, teams, teams. There, but there's a difference between being the favorite and actually having a shot to win the title. And I felt like that was their best shot to win a title. And if they didn't do it last season, I didn't think it was going to happen. And like I said, I mean, they weren't able to get it done this year because now, because, you know, they kind of came out of nowhere last season. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of expectation. But yeah. then when there's expectation put on you and you have to live up to a certain standard, uh, you know, that people have, have set for you, which they did in the regular season, no doubt. There's no doubting that. Like you said, they're the best team in the NBA all season long. Uh, but now comes the expectation with the added 
of, you know, you're, you're the defending Western Conference uh, champs. You Now you're the best team in the NBA all season long. So there's extra pressure added, extra, uh, you know, expectations put on you and you just can't live up to it. So it almost seems more of a colossal failure than it, you know, maybe ultimately was, or maybe that, you know, maybe it is as such. But uh, I, I think if last year wasn't their best shot, being the best team in the NBA this year, wasn't their best shot, then I don't know. I, I don't see it getting any better next year. What are yeah, they gonna no, win seventy games next year? And you know, I don't I don't know. No, no, I'm 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 not uh I'm not trying to say like, oh, next year is even a better shot, but this year, I mean they had everything lined up. They they had everything lined up. They were the one seed, they had the home court, they won sixty four games or whatever it was in the regular they were facing a Mavs team. Yes, they had Luca, but other than that, they didn't really have anything else there and they would end up facing the Warriors in the conference finals, which would probably be the toughest test that they faced in the playoffs minus the Bucks last year in the finals. Um, but it, it didn't, it, it, they just, they couldn't get anything. Chris Paul was, was horrible after game one. Then he's, I, I love that we now get that. Oh, he has an injured quad. Always. So, so, huh? Always. It's so, always, as soon as he has a bad game that knocks him out of the playoffs, uh, he always all of, a, all of a sudden has a has an injury that he didn't want to talk about. Yeah. So there's an injury that he was bad. And then, I mean, a lot of this. Me personally, I think a lot of this, a total no show the last two games from Devin Booker, just a total no show after he does the whole. Luca special. This is all funny. This and that, and him and Luca are going at it. And when you start doing stuff like that, when you start making fun of the other stars, they take it personal. Like this, this goes up there in the all-time trash talk that goes wrong. It to me, it sits right up there with uh, with with LeBron and D Wade doing the old coughing thing in the finals here. And it's right up there with uh, Clay Thompson when uh, after game five or going into game five, when he told LeBron, it's a man's league, grow up and, and they lose the final. Like this is an all time, all time trash talk debacle and a failure. And he couldn't decipher a double team to save his life out there. Um and I, I, he was, he was really, really bad. And if he wants to be considered, he was fourth in MVP voting. He wants to be considered one of the best players in the NBA and a leader of a team and everything and all this stuff. He was not good. And he, he let this being the main guy, he, he let the Suns down. He was bad. hundred percent. And you know, the bright side was that, um, when, you know, like when, when the Suns played bad, they lost. When the Mavs played bad, they lost. You know, every time a team played bad, they lost. It would have been worse if, like, the Suns were right on the edge and, you know, they played a good game, but they still got beat or vice versa. I'm okay with being bad and losing, but then when it comes to game seven, you're at home. You have all, you know, you don't have a ton of momentum, but you just come off a, a nice win in game six or, excuse me, uh, 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 a nice win in game five, blow it in game six, and then, you know, you're like, okay, we're back at home. You get some home cooking, and, you know, hopefully we can get things rolling back to the way it has been you know, the first two games, you know, or every other game, I should say, um, to, to, you know, close this thing out. And like I said, just absolute no show. And after that first quarter where Aiton Booker or Paul don't have a, a field goal that entire quarter. Oh, brutal. Yeah. And the whole thing, like this series was not a competitive series at all. It won seven games, but this was, 
I mean, it was it was really an uninteresting series. I'm not I'm not like there are others. The first game one was seven point win for the Suns, but that game was over in the fourth quarter. Like it was 20 points and, and the and the bums came in and the the bench guys came in and it came close to the end. But like every home team was blowing each other out. The role players didn't know what to do when they when they played out of their home building. And that's why last night you you, you knew you were going to get a good performance from Luca. You figured you would get something good from Booker just because they're at home and the Suns role players would show up. So if you're the Mavs, OK, what role player is going to show up? And I've been talking about him all playoffs, but you said Dinwiddie. I mean, Dinwiddie, he's been garbage the entire postseason. He, you could say, 100%. okay, yeah, huh? And he was terrible. And he, I mean, he had his best game there. And you need in game in game in game sevens and in the playoffs, you need your role players to step up. And he was a guy that stepped up. And obviously, as you said, nobody on the Suns uh, stepped up there. And I mean, I think you could tell early on, like you said, you you could tell when it was over. The Mavs knew early on that if they just kept the uh, foot on the gas, even if they were going to be missing shots here and there, that they had the Suns there. They could just see it there. I mean, the picture going around with Luca looking at uh, Booker as with the score bug going into halftime and everything, like they knew that this team was was mentally weak. I, I don't know. Lucas said they were tough when they're, when they're winning. It's hard to disagree with anything that he said. Well, I don't know. A hundred percent. I mean, look, it, I'll, I will say the funny thing about being a Suns fan living in Dallas and, you know, having tons of Mavs fans, friends and tons of friends that are Suns fans and seeing the two sides hate each other out of nowhere, you know, obviously because it's the playoffs and now all of a sudden talking shit about Luca. Everyone's making fun of Booker. They both become kind of these heels for both, uh, you know, for either side was actually pretty funny. Cause look, I'm, I'm not a Mavs hater. Like I, I like Luca a, a lot. I like the Mavs, you know, I like watching them. I enjoy watching them. You know, obviously when it comes down to Mavs sons, I'm going sons a hundred percent of the time. Uh, you know, but if the Mavs go out and win it, you know, I'll, I'll be, I wouldn't say cheering for them, but I'll be happy to see them do it. Like I said, I like the team. Uh, I've gone to plenty of Mavs games, you know, in my time just to go see the Mavs play, but it was just kind of funny to see that cross, you know, that crossfire going back and forth. Of, of both guys becoming the heels for either team. And, uh, you know, Luca got the last laugh there. You know, I, I thought it was fun, the the uh, banter going back and forth on the court and off the court between the two teams and between the two stars and Luca and Booker. Uh, but it was, you know, like I say, he kind of got the last laugh and it was, it was fun to see. It was kind of, you know, that's kind of what you want to see. You know, we, we talk about all the time and the media talks about all the time, these guys in the NBA uh, that are all friends and, you know, you don't see a whole lot of that killer instinct or that big time rivalry you used to. Well, it's kind of nice to see a little bit of that, uh, you know, again here. No, I agree. But I think a lot of it is because the Suns fans uh, would be mad that Booker doesn't get the same love as Luca does. And then when the Mavs fans are like, oh, when they hear people talk about Booker, they're like, well, I mean, look what Luca's done. Like, Luca took a team that was bad, and he's marched them in the playoffs all these times. Booker was toiling away with the Suns on twenty and thirty-one teams, and he gets Chris Paul, and then they turn into, and then he's he was great beforehand, but he wasn't a franchise-altering player. Look at Luca; he's been a franchise-altering player for them. And both both fan bases are going to be defensive of their star players, and I think that's what that's what we're seeing. Yeah. Um. For sure. Now they face the Warriors, gets on, gets up on Wednesday. I'm the Mavs played 
really well against the Warriors this season. So I'm, I don't want to take, I don't, you can't read a lot into the regular season. Oh, how this team, um, how this team did this or how they did it, how, how they did blah, blah, blah in the regular season. But I think the Mavs, I think, I don't think this is a horrible matchup for the Mavs this week. Like, you, you know, one game, Clay Thompson's going to go bananas, at least one game. You're probably going to get a Jordan Poole 35 pointer in another game. And then you got to figure out what's going on with Steph. Draymond will probably get a technical. He could be suspended. Who knows what's going on? But I actually like the Mavs matchup against the Warriors here. How so? Defensively? Yeah, defensively, they've been great. And I just think I just think that they I don't think I know that's the same guys, but I don't know if it's like the big bad warriors that there were the from 20 whenever that 15 to 2018, even though it's the same dudes out there. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I just think that they they are able to match up well, like they could both play with their wing. You could get Bullock, Finney Smith. Um Dinwiddie, they got size out there. I I like the wings that they have, the size that they have. I think it's a good matchup there. Now they got to figure out kind of Draymond is Powell going to do guard him? Kayvon Looney, like look, Kayvon Looney and Dwight Powell, those are both kind of that's a good matchup. I feel like for both teams could say that's a good matchup. We're uh, non-reliable, big out there offensively. This and that. I I I. I, I like the I like the matchup there. Now Luca defensively is probably going to have to give a little more this series. We'll we'll see who he's going to have to guard because when they pull what they put Pool Thompson and Curry, he's probably going to have to guard one of them. I would assume because um, I can't see him like guarding Draymond, so they'll have to figure that out. But his defense picked up. The team defense has been great. I I like them. I like a I like the Mavs matchup. Yeah, I don't hate it either. You know, like I said, you got you to gotta stop the, the the big two right now, which is funny. It's Jordan Poole and, and Steph Curry. If you can kind of get them off a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if you take a uh, page out of the Grizzlies book and just bench Luka, you know, their best player, just bench them and see if you can get it done without him because that's what the Grizzlies tried to do and they almost did it. Uh, but if that doesn't work, maybe, yeah, you just, you know, Luka I think is a tough matchup. Uh, I'd be interested to see if he's who he's checking, if he's checking uh, Steph or, or, or Clay. Because uh, he can be a defensive liability sometimes. He does have the bigger body though, so maybe he does match up a little bit better with with um, you know Steph because Steph is smaller, but obviously the quickness is there. So maybe you know switch over to Clay because Clay's just more of a pop shooter. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, but it will be interesting to see. And then you know how much Jalen Brunson and and Dinwiddie add to this because Jalen Brunson actually played pretty well yesterday. Hit a couple big shots after you know getting into foul trouble early with some ticky tacky calls. Uh, but I think the length of Dinwiddie uh, will be will be uh, you know should be utilized. And then what do you do at the five spot? You know, if they have Kevon Looney out there, I think you can match up. Okay. With, uh, Bertans. Uh, I think, I think Dwight Powell has a good chance of being good here because he, he has the athleticism. He has a little bit of size, has some speed. So I think it will be a good matchup in a, and if, and a fun series. They're plus 200 to win the series, the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what they are. The first game they're they're getting five. So almost kind of the same type of spreads that they were against uh, the Suns. One last thing on the Suns. Do you think the man that spray painted his face orange? What do you think he ah, was? What, think, what do you think he was thinking when he put his uh, when he put his head on the pillow last night? Yeah, probably. Why am I the way I am? That's probably what he's thinking. 
And then you wake up this morning with a bunch of orange residue on his pillowcase. Again, what the hell is this? Yeah. I still, I, we've talked about this. I still don't understand the adult that face paints to the game, like full on everything. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand that. No, I agree. Um, but all right. The other game seven yesterday was Boston and Miami or Boston and Milwaukee. To me, the, the whole, like that was a blowout. The Bucks, they just didn't have Middleton. They couldn't make a three. It's a, it's a shame that Middleton got hurt because they took the Celtics to seven without him. I mean, I think, I think Milwaukee wins the series with, with Middleton, but Tatum's great to me. This is, I'm, I might punt on the NBA. I'll, I'll, I'm now turning in. To a ca- I'm a casual NBA guy. I'm not. I'm not making appointment television. The NBA minus the math series, but other than that, the East. Pff, I don't care. I don't need to have Heat culture versus the Celtics garbage, whatever out there. This is, and then you got the Warriors. This is a punt the NBA in the sun for me. See you in October. All right. Yeah, I'll still be watching. I look again. I'm gonna be. I'll tune in for a little bit, but I'm not. Hey. We're getting ready. I've been locked in on the hockey playoffs since they started. I shifted over to hockey. I've enjoyed my time in hockey. I'm going to keep it going, and and I and and that's it. But I don't really know what to make of the Heat and Celtics in this. I think the Celtics probably have the best player in Jason Tatum, but I they're both really good teams, and uh, this is a uh, 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 which. The Heat culture, as I said, versus the Celtics. It's 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 a one versus two series. Yeah. No, I think it'll be. Uh, I I I I tip my. Uh, I you know I tip the scales towards the uh, Celtics. I think I think the Celtics might might uh, you know I think they had a nice little challenge here against the Bucks. They overcame it. They won it, and I think I think there will be the uh, team in the uh, in the East. But at the same time, I don't want to disrespect the. Heat because I mean shoot this is what their third conference finals in as many years I mean you can't knock what they've been doing three out of four three out of four it was last year they didn't make it um they got swept by the Bucks but yeah look I also feel like the Heat for a team that at least this year was the number one seed you can say say the same thing about the Suns but like nobody talked about the Heat this year like. Yeah. Nobody took them really seriously. They, we've talked about, they are the deepest team in the league. Mm-hmm. They were rolling out 12 guys and playing like really good minutes and like quality minutes from those 10, 11, 12 guys out there. Like they got Gabe Vincent starting, Max Struess, like Duncan Robinson. They they paid him 84 million dollars. He played one game in the in the in the last round, and that was in game uh, six. Like he's barely played. They just put him on the bench. Yeah. And they gave him a huge deal because they're like, we need him out there. And this in the playoffs, he's been irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Like they, their development down there is really, really good. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna discount the Heat. I'm not gonna discount them. I think that they're, uh, I think, I think they're gonna make the finals. I think they're gonna make the finals. And then we'll have a Heat. I, I to me, I really think the Mavs. Heat we Mavs might part three. We might be. It might be. It could be. That'd be hilarious. It would be funny that the only only team that the Mavs have ever played in the finals would be the Heat. Yeah. Um, but uh, that is that. Okay, so last night, the Game 7 for the Stars. 
Uh, who who's the better athlete in Dallas, Jake Ottinger or Luca? Mm. Say say again. Ask the question again. I say, who who is the better player from the Dallas teams, Luca or Jake Ottinger? Well, Jake Ottinger had the better game. He didn't. He came out on the wrong side, but that guy was. He had a great game. I mean, he stopped what sixty shots on sixty three attempts. Uh, he, I mean, that guy, the guy did everything he could have to, to try to win that game for the stars, but, uh, you know, all of, obviously ends up on the wrong end. He had 64 saves 64 saves. on 67 shots. Okay. Oh no, he was fantastic. The entire series, the, the stars had 28 shots on goal to the flames, 67. Mm-hmm. They got outshot 26 to four in the second period. I went to bed, uh, after the, uh, at the end of the second period. Um, but well, uh, uh, yeah, Ottinger, I mean, he's 23. The, he's been spectacular the entire, entire series. They needed him to have a great game. He did last night and they just couldn't, I guess, mark some Markstrom made a great save on someone in the stars earlier in overtime that I saw. And then this, then uh, obviously uh, the stars let it up, but they just, they just really don't have, like Calgary's got all the star power. The stars just their star power is old. They did get a goal from Ben last night, but it's old. And they're kind of just like, we have these, some good young players and our aging guys that we need to step up to do well. They're just not those type of players anymore. And they're, I mean, to take Calgary, who's considered a cup favorite to game seven and have a really good chance to win on the road. It's I'd say it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I thought th- I thought they would be the Dallas team that won Game Seven last night. If you if I thought one of them would win, I thought it was going to be the Stars um, going in. But the playoff hockey is great, and it's a shame that they are uh, that they are out on the wayside. Yeah, it was. Uh, we like I said, I tuned in for the third period once I saw it was tied, and uh, you know, kind of going back and forth there. Uh, I wish I was a bit of it, a little bit smarter, maybe thought about it a little bit more, but like. If I would have just like turned my uh, phone on, like turned my camera on and just recorded watching a hockey game with Jamie, it would have been hilarious. Her commentary of like, what the hell's going on? Cause she has no idea. It was just laugh out loud funny. Some of the things she was asking me, cause you know, it was funny. They were, they're really, that third period, I really didn't feel like there was any offense set up. It was almost just like they were just, they were just running almost like fast break the whole time. You know, you take a shot, rebound get it into the other zone, take a shot, rebound. Like there was really no cycling the puck, no passing, you know, no, nobody really setting up trying to get in front of the goalie, uh, you know, or, you know, screen the goalie or anything like that. I just felt like, like I said, they were just going the whole time. And the announcer kind of said the, the uh, play-by-play guy, he goes, you know, the, the pace is really slowed down here uh, from what it was the first two periods. Jimmy's like, wait, 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 you're telling me the pace is, this is slower than what it normally is. He goes, I can, I can't even see where the puck is. <laughs> that was pretty funny, but uh yeah, no, it was a, it was a good game, and you know it's 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 tough tough uh, tough go at it for the stars, kind of like the Suns. I think you know I, I I know a couple other people have uh, have shared this thought that this might have been the last run for the for this uh, Sagan Ben era, and uh, you know I don't if if they are able to continue and keep it going, then good. But I don't know how much longer they uh, how much more steam this thing has. Well, they gotta do. They gotta probably get rid of one of them. Yeah. Um, just because they both make too much money. And I would probably say the guy to go would be our would be a friend of the program, our, our boy Sagan. I think he would probably be the guy to go because they're not going to trade away the captain, I don't think. Because um, even if they make the playoffs, he, he's got that playoff type of, of game where he's just 
he's an, a kind of an enforcer, a rougher. I mean, he scored. He scored thirty. He scored forty seconds right into the game. You're like, we couldn't have a better start here. Um, but uh, yeah, probably saying. Also, the Stars' power play was like two of twenty six. I think in the playoffs, the power play was atrocious. They couldn't just. They couldn't get anything anything going on the power play it was it was horrific like I, I calgary should have been hoping this they would take penalties just because the stars were on the power play and they knew they could get they could they could do anything there but their power play was terrible um the other game i mean two overtime game sevens last night the rangers one was great they come back from three one over the penguins and then on saturday all three all three game sevens are great toronto i don't know what you do with toronto um because I watched the whole game on Saturday. That's just like a tip your hat. We got outplayed a little bit. Like, I don't really know what you do with them. The, the people are like, there's going to be changes here. They had a ton of, they, they had shot. They had 20 shots on goal in the third period. And the Vasilevsky was the best goalie in the world made incredible saves. And they're just out. Like, I, I don't know what you do with them. That's, they haven't won a playoff series since 2004, but it's just like, what do you do with them? All the hockey this weekend has been fantastic. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great playoff hockey thus far. Uh, you know, you can only imagine that it's going to keep it going the same way uh, throughout the rest of the postseason. And what they do is interesting. So now it's pretty much all the all the series are divisional matchups to go to the conference finals the way they do it. So you have um, you have Tampa versus Florida. Which also the NBA or the NHL really did uh, the Panthers. They did them dirty. So it, it was nice that the scheduling worked out well where like it was Mavs, Stars, Mavs, Stars every other night. Same thing with Miami and the Panthers. Not well, what does the NHL do? They schedule. So Florida's the one seed. They won the President's Trophy. They give, they put up, um, they put the Panthers playing every night as the uh, six of the seven games are scheduled against the Heat game. And every home game for the Panthers is the same home night as the Heat. Um, Because they play in different arenas and everything. That's tough. Like, I I think, I know you can, oh, we don't look at other leagues, but you're going to do. You should really look at when they're doing this. They should look at how let's give the we see the Heat's playing on Tuesday. Why don't we start the Florida series on Wednesday just to give it the every other night so people could get more invested? And it's better for your product because now it's like game seven's last night here in Dallas. You got to pick or whatever. But I mean, that game was over, so you could flip over the stars beforehand. But you got to you want to go to one. You got to pick which one you want to go to. I, I don't I don't really like that. That's a tough draw for the Panthers. Uh, I mean, if we're being completely honest, <laughs> I think the decision's pretty clear and pretty. The hockey fans are going to go to the Florida game, uh, you know, to the Panthers game. The Miami general public, if you can go or if you can get a ticket, you're going to go to the Heat game. What's Kodak pretty, Black going to? She, probably the Panthers game. He can I get would away agree. More there. No, I know, but you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? For sure. I mean, like, say, I think it would be different if it was Dallas. Like, there's there's a, a million crossover stars uh but they couldn't do this in dallas right because they play the same arena no i get that but 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 you know say say they could you know what i mean if you if you could uh you know um 
if it was like a Rangers postseason game and cow and the Cowboys playing at the same time, you know, on on a Sunday night, something like that, you know. I mean, there people are going to be at both. What do you mean? I thought the whole I thought your the whole point was you have to choose. So I'm saying if like it was a Rangers postseason game in October and a Monday night game in October for the Cowboys, like you couldn't go to both. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you would take the playoffs game. But I'm saying that there's going to be like there, there, there's crossover there. There's, there's, there's crossover there. I don't yeah. see there being a ton of crossover of of Heat and Florida fan, you know, Florida Panthers fans in Miami. I, I feel like if you're a Florida Panthers fan, you're a diehard because you're a hockey fan in Florida. I feel like if you are a Heat fan, that's going to be where you go. It's not, it's not going to be. I don't think there's a ton of crossover. I don't think it's a, it's a huge decision. Does it suck for the small group that will will have to decide? You know, sure. But, you know, by and large, I think that, that they, you know, an event diagram, the crossover is very, very small of, of Panthers fans and Heat fans. Maybe I listen. I listen to, to the Lebetard show too much, probably, to think that there's a bigger crossover. A hundred percent. But but still, that's I'm, I'm, I'm saying more from an NHL standpoint. That's pretty bad. Yeah. You want to maximize your 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 the best team in hockey. Don't play them against the Heat. That's yeah. pretty much what the main thing is. And then you got the battle. You got Blues and Avalanche, so they're all divisions. And then, really, Edmonton and Calgary get the Battle of Alberta going on. Um, it should be uh, good stuff there. And the hockey, and as we said, we're only in the uh, we're in the second round, so we've got a lot more playoff hockey uh, left with us going on. All right, the PGA Championship is this week. It is in Tulsa. I will be in attendance on Friday and Saturday. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, we go up there first major or second major of the season. Tiger is playing. Phil Mickelson, the defending champion, not playing, which is still crazy that he's not playing, defending his title here where he's the oldest major champion. He has pretty much just sent himself in hiding. Will we see him June 7th in London for the live golf? Nobody knows, but we do know he will not be defending his uh, major championship that he won last year at Kiowa Island. The course, the last time we visited here, was 2007. Tiger won the PGA. Um, so we haven't been here in 15 years. They did a course restoration in 2019. So if you go back and look at 2007, don't think you're going to recognize the holes are pretty much the same, I think, but they... It's a lot of short grass around the greens, not a lot of rough, so it's pretty much fairways. They said the greens are pretty much like plateaued, so a lot of false fronts, a lot of runoff areas. So if a ball lands on the green, catches the wrong slope, it could be 30 yards off the green, and you have to deal with the short grass chip up a little slope. So got to be a good chipper here. I've got – I like four or five guys here. I'll, this is not going on and all. This is – I think I, – people might be overthinking this. But one of my first pick, like, you cannot go against Scotty Scheffler. I've, crazy, I know. The guy, he didn't win this week for the Byron Nelson, didn't really contend. But he said that Southern Hills is one of his favorite courses in the world. He went there in the rain a month ago and shot a smooth 64, reportedly. Like, the smoothest 64 in wet conditions in the rain. He's played there before in college, loves the place. And a guy on such good form as he is. That says he's playing on one of his favorite courses in the world. He's only he's plus twelve hundred. 
Like, I think if you're not putting any, uh, if you're not betting Scotty, I think you're just overthinking it just to have the protection. Now, yes, he's going for the second leg of the Grand Slam, but you, you, I think you have to bet him. Oh, 100% you got to bet him. Like you said, he's the hottest guy going right now. You 100% have to bet him. Uh, you know, you probably place your biggest wager on him maybe i mean i don't know if you're if you're going bankroll so. yeah if you if you're if you're going bankroll uh management then you you know you, obviously you do it a little bit differently there but uh you know if you feel the strongest about him then why not you know put the nuts on the table a little bit and, and slap down some cash on him but yeah no you you absolutely have to like you said just for the safety valve of at plus 1200 he's not even the favorite i'm looking at john ram at plus 1100 as a favorite i don't know what you got there uh but uh you know if he, even the, he's not even the outright favorite you still gotta you still gotta play him yeah, I think like here's the he's the co-favorite here. Other places he's the second favorite. This and like he's he's pretty much the odds might say it, but I would pretty much say him and Ram are the co-favorites. Yeah. And I would mainly say Scotty more than anything because Scotty's actually won. John Rahm, other than his win in Mexico, hasn't won a lot lately. So he is um so he actually has won more recently. So I would probably say that even if the odds don't say it, I would say that Scotty is the favorite. All right. Other th- before we keep going in there, did you catch any of the Byron Nelson this week? Oh yeah. What did you, uh, what'd you think? Uh, I thought uh, it made it look like I could go out there and shoot even par. <laughs> did you see Max Homa's tweet? I don't mean to yeah. keep going. This no, back yeah, to the yes, I did. I did see it about the Suns. Yeah. That was quite a funny tweet. I thought it was, um, I, boy, people in Dallas are mad because everybody's going at Craig ranch. The course is just like too easy. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I, I was in the pro-am out there on Tuesday or on Wednesday and, and I was talking to the caddy. Pat Perez was, was our pro. I was talking to his caddy. I was like, what do you think of this place? I got to me. I played here a couple of times. It just seems like you get soft greens, Zoysia fairways, which are like the best fairways to play on. Literally the ball just tees. It's like a, on a tee. And I was like, what's it going to take to win? Like 28 under? He goes, probably, maybe even 30. Like, it's just too easy for these guys. There was no win. We've had the windiest spring in the history of Dallas. It doesn't, it's not blowing at all. So, of course, that's the luck there. As hot, it's just soft. It's just too, too easy of a course. Yeah, it very much appeared that way. Everyone was kind of having their way with it. Uh, I think they said they had... Uh... Over 2,000 birdies or something like that, uh, where it was like the most birdies in a tournament in like PGA PGA history or right up there. Uh, there were just a ton of birdies left and right. So uh, yeah, obviously not a, not a huge challenge this weekend. No, not at all. KH Lee defends his title. We should say that, which is pretty impressive True, yeah. to win a birdie fest like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't even know what they come do from behind. He wasn't. I don't even. He wasn't leading at the end of any day, was he? No, but I think he was like two back yesterday, yeah. one or two back. Um, I wish I know they. I said this this week. I know other people have said this, but I don't. First of all, I don't know where a good course in Dallas to play a tournament would be that would make it interesting. Like I do think Trinity Forest would be interesting mm-hmm. for them to play, but we saw this first a fan for a fan environment. It's not a good course to host a tournament. We saw that. So I don't know what course would be interesting for the pros and challenger pros to play. There are so many good golf courses here, but they don't have the infrastructure for the event. So I guess, hey, we'll just put it in. Maybe the new PGA course could do that. We'll do a tour event. I also think that we might need to move the 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 Bayer Nelson to like October. I know that's not going to do good numbers wise with football and everything, but or move it up in April. I just think there's too much golf 
there's like this is the only place that has two events. I love Colonial. I love going to Colonial. I think I much much prefer to drive to Fort Worth to go to Colonial than Craig Ranch because I was also out on Craig Ranch. The property is so spread out. You went last year under limited, but like it's hard. It's a big big place. Like it's hard to follow, or you got to pick a spot and hang out and stuff. And it was hot. Like. I think we might need to move a tournament around here to to the fall. I know nobody wants that because it will be the field. This was a good field. The field might, might not be great, but I think one of these needs to go to the fall. Yeah, probably probably a good idea. It was brutal out there this weekend. Um, if, if you didn't think it was powder season before, this weekend <sighs> definitely drove home the fact that it was, dry, it was powder season. You, know did, you I mean? didn't go out there, did you? No, I did not. I did not. Uh, I, but I was outside the entire yeah. weekend. But uh, yeah. No, I had tickets to go. I could have gone any day. And I just looked every day and was like, I don't really want to go out there. <laughs> like, it's too hot. I don't want to go. I, I do not want to go out there. Like, that's that's that. All right. Back to the PGA. But we got, so we said Southern Hills should be a good test this week. What what are you, are you like, okay, let's talk a little bit about Tiger here. Yeah. We saw him at the Masters. He made the cut. He he was what first round top five and then kind of kind of tailed off a little bit. He made the cut. Great achievement. What are you expecting out of Tiger this week? Uh, I think very similar to what we saw of him last time out. Maybe a strong finish and then we kind of taper off there at the end because you know the legs start giving him a little bit of uh, uh, you know trouble. So uh, you know I'll expect maybe a, a slightly improved version of what we saw the last time out, but pretty similar to what we saw. Okay, because I I might have a different differing opinion. You think it's gonna be better or worse? I I don't know, I don't know. But I will say, if he, I still think the goal for him every week should be to make the cut. Whenever he plays the majors, to make the cut. Mm-hmm. But if he makes the cut this week, I will be more impressed with him making the cut this week than I was at Augusta. Okay, because this is. Yeah, he's had success here. He won the last major here. They haven't played here in 15 years. But this is the Augusta field is like 92 guys. And there's 10 past champions that only that only really have a chance. So then that moves it down to 80. Then there's like six amateurs. So now we're down in the 70s and only 50 top 50 in ties make the cut. So he's really got to be 25 to 30 people to make the cut. Here, we got a bigger field. I think it's up to 140, 144, or 132. There are 20 club professionals out there, so wipe those out. But And the cut is top 65 in ties. So he's got to beat legitimately half the field here to make the cut. And only playing a competitive round, getting a tournament once once a month in the biggest tournaments of the year, like it still takes some time to come back. Like I was shocked how well he putted at Augusta under, under the gun, but I will be more impressed with what, if he makes the cut here at Southern Hills, then I, then I will be at Augusta. Um, yeah, that's fair. No, I agree. I agree. I think it'll, it will be mo- a little bit more, um, uh, impressive if he makes the cut here and is able to have, you know, the same success he had at Augusta or a little bit better because like, like you said, he, I mean, he knows that he could probably play Augusta with his eyes closed for 18 holes and still shoot pretty close to par. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I would agree with that sentiment. Yeah. This is coming from a guy that said when he shot like 68 or whatever he did in the first round of the master saying, I think that might be one of the, that's, that's a, that's a top five round of golf he's played in his life. 
after all the circumstances. So I like I I I want him to be in contention because there's been contingency plans already made. We got a hotel only for Friday night, and I called my buddy. I was like, "What are we doing if Tiger's like two off the lead on on going into Sunday?" He goes, "Oh, we're staying." So look, we're gonna stay and go on Sunday. So I hope he's in in the mix there. But I I I think Tiger will be in like that top 30 to 30 range to like make him the cut. I I don't think he's really going to threaten to contend. Um, but I mean, why should I ever doubt the guy? Like whenever you doubt him, he's going to, he, he makes you look dumb, but I, I think he's kind of in the 30th range, uh, going out there, which would be still amazing. If he makes the cut, amazing, amazing stuff. Anytime tiger plays, I'm not taking anything away from him. Yeah. Even if he goes out and misses a cut, you know what he played. That's 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 amazing feat in itself, for sure. Um, but uh, all right, what we got some picks here. I got some other guys. So I said I like Scheffler. The the the, the guy I don't. Some of these. I mean, there's some value out there right now. I uh, I really like Hideki at thirty three to one. They, As do I. I was I was seeing some previews. They like to see a good ball striking, kind of like Augusta here. Thirty-three to one. He played great on Sunday, so his price dropped a little bit. I like Hideki. I I think that's a big a big number. I actually already bet him this morning when I saw it. Um, I don't think anybody's talking about Cantley. I don't know if I like him that much, but I'm I'm going with Shane Lowry, Hideki, Scotty Scheffler, and I was on this guy this week. Um, for a top 20, it, it hit there at the Nelson, but I'm on the Tom Hoagie train. He's had a good year. He won at Pebble beach. He's been playing well last week. He snuck into a top 20. I don't know about Tom. What about Tom Hoagie? He's a TCU guy. So I guess you could say could be familiar with the course or whatever, but, uh, I don't know. I'm getting strong Tom Hoagie vibes for a top 20 and, uh, potentially be in the mix there. Right on. I'm, my guy, I'm not going to be, uh, I don't really have any long shots to win it. Um, I'm riding with uh, Scotty, as we spoke about earlier. I'm going to ride with Colin Morikawa. Um, you know, after Jordan Spieth played the way he played this weekend, I don't know that i like him to win, maybe a top 10 finish. Um, so I, I thought about him a little bit. I'm going to lay off. But uh, I also got uh, Hideki, and then I'll sprinkle a little bit uh, on our guy, uh, Zalatoris, because he's been playing some good golf lately. Yeah, I agree. You just got to get the putter figured out because the putting has been a big, a big issue for him. He 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 did not do that. But the wind, let me tell you, the wind, it's going to be windy. We're getting sustained winds on uh, on Thursday and Friday, about twenty miles an hour, and on Saturday, so it's going to be ninety-one on Thursday, eighty-three on Friday, and then sixty-seven on Saturday. How about that? Yeah. With the 14 mile an hour north wind. So we're going to see winds from all directions at the course there um, on Friday and Saturday and then Sunday out of the east around 10. So it's going to be windy. I've seen I saw one guy's weather app said he had projected um, gust of around 35 miles an hour on Friday. Like it, it they might not even be able to play. It's going to be so windy. Um, but, uh, seems like you need to be a good ball striker here with the win and everything, but should be a good time. Did you see, I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, Joe Buck's going to be doing an alternate broadcast. I did not see that. Yeah. So he's going to be doing an alternate broadcast, like kind of a Manning cast style since now he's with ESPN and they paid him all this money. They got to, they got to give him stuff to do other than Monday night football. So he's going to be doing like a Manning cast all four days. And they said like Peyton's going to be on Charles Barkley's going to be on. They're going to have like a, 
and some other guests on throughout the throughout the weekend. So it's on ESPN two, I think, for three hours on Thursday and Friday, and then it's like the first hour of coverage on Saturday and goes to ESPN plus after or something like that. So that might be something uh, a different type of golf broadcast to watch. Some could be interesting. Yeah, that will be. Uh, what did you think about Tom Brady's contract TV deal? Yes, crazy, crazy, crazy. He gets that deal. Oh, was it 10 years, 375 million, just whenever he feels like picking it up. And then uh, right after that, Drew Brees decides he's leaving NBC because he doesn't want to do it anymore. He wants to do something else. Uh, kind of a wild uh, turn of events here in the quarterback analyst game of, uh, of football here. But Drew Brees also like he said, I read the post story that he wanted to call more games and NBC wanted him in the studio. Yeah, which makes sense because I mean he was bad calling that Raiders Bengals game, um. So he could go to Fox. Then he tweeted out like I might play, I might do this and that. Like okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, I might do this, I might do that, but he wants to call games, and because he sees the money, and NBC is like, no, we like you in the studio because you were so bad calling games before. The thing is about Brady, like we don't even know if he's gonna be good, and he gets that deal. Mm-hmm. that's the thing. And, and when do you think he's going to get in the booth? I think he's playing at least two more years. I think he's going to the dolphins next year. Like he's not going to be, if you try to go to the dolphins this year, he's going to want to go play there next year when he's a free agent. Why would, um, I don't see him being in the booth until probably 2024 or five, like Fox, they say he has two of the next three super bowls. So they're obviously going to want him in for that last super bowl in three years. But I mean, who knows how long he's going to play? No, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it could be. Uh, it could be quite some time. I, I, I would say at least. So he'll play the next two years. He'll play this season. He'll play next season for sure. Uh, and then you know, we'll kind of see from there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, you don't see contracts like that given out too often. So uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And then ten years, ten years after that. So like, he's immediately saying like, look. I spent my time at, I hate when people are making these jokes like, oh man, he spent time at home with his kids and he realized he hated it. Like, I hate those jokes, but they're, you know, we, <laughs> when, when a guy goes and retires for six weeks, he comes back, he says, I'm, I'm going to keep playing. I want to keep playing. And then immediately after that, signs his next 10 year, de- his next deal is for 10 years so that during the football season, he can just continue to be working and be on the road. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. You can make the joke there, but uh, it's just kind of wild to see that's, you know, straight out the gates, boom. 10 years. Well, and he's not only that, he's like a Fox brand ambassador. Yeah. So like he's got to do other stuff. He's got to do promotional stuff and like all that other stuff. So it's not just like calling games, like what Romo does at CBS work 18, 19 weeks a year. Um, and off you go. No, he's got to, he's, he's a brand ambassador. So he's going to be doing other stuff throughout the whole year. Yeah. So, um, pretty, pretty interesting stuff there. All right. Is there anything else we didn't touch on today? Uh, I think we pretty much nailed all of it. Oh, shout out to the uh, Reds for throwing a no hitter and losing. Yes, yes, they 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 threw a no hitter and lost one nothing because a double play ball in the bottom of the eighth inning. Yeah. Like it wasn't like oh it was I don't the first inning no bottom of the eighth. Yep, that was oh, it though. Only the Reds, only the Reds um, could. Did could, Did you uh, see that thing on the internet about the guy that was gonna go take a dump in the? Yeah, I don't think he did thing. it. Did he? The game got rained out. That's what I thought. But then he yeah. said he was going like on Sunday then. Oh, did it? I see I, that part I did not see, but I just saw that t- that game got rained out. And uh, so that was, you know, a little bit of a disappointment. 
I know, I know. But uh, I thought he said he was going on Sunday then, but I'm not sure. Uh, um, but uh, all right, maybe he'll come back. I mean, look, if there's ever a time to do it, they're they're off. They're home Tuesday. They're home Tuesday. I know that. So uh, yeah, why not do a Tuesday, guy? Just you know, go ahead. Tuesday. No, no, no. Hold on. They're not home on Tuesday. They're on the road. Sorry. Um, we we've got the battle for Ohio on Tuesday. Um, but the next home game, I mean, I think you gotta, I think you gotta do it right after your your team gets no hit. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Or lose loses by a team that got no hit. So so the next time they play at home is against the Cubs on uh, on May twenty third. So a week away. So we gotta wait a week. Um, but uh, we'll have to keep our tabs on that. All right. That's going to do it for us here. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll be back next week.